0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We're going to discuss the God is Love episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break it down so that you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and as always, I am joined by the ever-gifted, ever-commentary machine, Pastor Joel Sikowski.
1: Pleasure to be here, Pastor. This has been a fun few episodes this has been a lot of fun
0: i agree how did you th- how did you think our uh, God is love episode went
1: it was incredible i mean i think it not only
0: especially the things it, that you said
1: i mean i really liked all <laughs> the things that i said <laughs> i'll say this you i too. love yeah too. um i love i love the i loved how without it being a cause because we talked about God as love right after the love episode, it did help flush out the love episode even more, even though really the God is love episode is starting us on this mini series. We're going to be going towards touching about all these different topics. The church has been hurt as it relates to how God has been described. Nice. Because we started with this one, right after the love episode it had the added benefit of letting us flush out some other things that we may have wanted to talk about in the love episode that would have just made it even longer and we, we see it's funny because the episode maybe not funny um but it is a fact the episodes as we continue to go are getting longer and i think it's just because the well one there's a lot of damage in these areas we're talking about that needs to be un, uncovered but two the Topics are complex and and really important to get right. So it's been it's been an honor to talk about this stuff with you and it's been a lot of fun too.
0: Yeah, you know, we're just getting a lot of feedback from people. We just wish that your podcasts were twice, three times as long.
1: Yeah, that's usually the first <laughs> thing I hear is why are they so short?
0: Man, they're no. so short. No, <laughs> no, never I haven't heard no. that yet.
1: No, not at all.
0: Well, yeah, this this was a great topic. Um, God is love. And one of the one of the first things uh, that stood out to me in the episode is how people are defining that word is in this, in the scripture that says God is love. When they're saying God, like, if you were to ask someone who is God, it's very easy to say, well, God is love. Cause it's really close in my brain. You know, these, these words are associated together. Oh, yeah. Who is God? Well, God is love and that's how it gets defined. So I really liked how we, you know, broke that apart and, and we're trying to help people understand, listen, when people are talking about that passage and defining God, they're saying it's his nature and his nature is something that is always and completely.
1: Right. Yeah, so that's great. Like the one of the th- the implications of our episode is you know when somebody says God is this thing or we're talking about anything using the word is we still ought to take a backward step and ask the person what do you mean by that? Are you describing God in his identity in his nature in his causes or are you describing him in his personality? Nice in his effects, yeah, because that's where. Because, because the, the thing is, the statement would sound the same for me, I would still use the word is when I am describing him in his nature. But it may take a person asking me, Wait a minute, are you talking about his nature? Or are you talking about his personality? Are you talking about his causes or his effects?
0: Right, because his effects is eternal, yeah. Like we're going to spend an eternity getting to know all of the aspects of God. Yeah,
1: everything that en- everything that encompasses Him is something that it's it is infinite. It is this this God that I'll never completely grasp everything that He's about, but I can and ought to know what everything's guided by His nature.
0: So, understanding God's nature, we're going to take multiple different episodes to understand this. We're gonna unpack this more. And what's going on in the church and is that we've embraced so much man-made doctrine regarding all of these topics that we're gonna be talking about. And so that was one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about God is love. But here was a question that I had for you. You know, in this episode I I heard so much about, you know, contradictions, contradictions. It's a contradiction. God is love is contradictory. And I feel like you are someone who's really good at spotting contradictions. So the question that I have for you is, I feel like I'm a pretty, I'm generally pretty trusting of people. And I give people like very easily the benefit of the doubt to the point where I can end up enabling people. So I don't want to enable people. And I do want to be able to get better at spotting a contradiction. So my question for you is, um, how would I grow in my ability at finding out man-made doctrine or, or traditions or contradictions? Like how do I go about Doing that and improving my ability and helping other people improve their ability.
1: So the the first thing that I would try to do is make sure you understand the keywords that make up your worldview.
0: Mm.
1: What are the so for instance, God, man? Love, faith, grace, salvation, the church, Jesus. Mm. Mm. All these things, you know, even, you know, words like the beginning, how did this all start? What's my explanation for evolution? What's my explanation for creation? The thing is contradictions don't exist. Conflicts do.
0: Okay.
1: A contradiction, the simplest way I can define it is it's, it's the direct opposition between things compared. Now that just sounds like a bunch of philosophic mumbo jumbo, even to me, but here's the, here's, here's a great explanation of it. That'll help um, pan it out for you. I can be happy and sad at the same time. I know I experienced that when my stepdad died, Mm. he was battling dementia for years So, I was happy he was done with this battle, but I was sad that my stepdad died.
0: Right.
1: Now, that's a conflict. A contradiction would be like me saying I can be happy and not happy at all at the same time. That doesn't exist in reality. That can't be true. Mm. If I see something that is a contradiction, In my belief system, especially these foundational beliefs, that ought to expose to me areas where I need to change the definitions of these key words. Mm. Because God doesn't contradict himself. God's word doesn't contradict itself. Especially when we're talking about the causes in God's word. The definitions of these words, they don't contradict themselves. But the first thing I need to do is just state, what do I believe? And what do I mean by what I believe? And then from there, I can start going through comparing and contrasting my beliefs to God's word. And this goes back to the humility episode. Right. I need to be open to at least the possibility that I'm wrong about what I believe, Hmm. even if it's something that I've been taught in the church my entire life. Oh, man. So that would be my advice as somebody who wants to improve in growing and identifying contradictions. It's like what I've learned about the experts of counterfeit of counterfeiting money. They spend the majority of their time or most of their time becoming experts over what a real dollar bill looks like.
0: That's great
1: anything outside of that real dollar bill automatically is a, is a red light and it it's possible it's counterfeit. So that's what we can do. If I, if I under, so what I ought to start with is what do I believe? If I start in a place where I'm just tearing down a belief system, why am I doing that? It's because I have some bias in me already. That's tr- There's something in my brain already saying, this is flawed, I want to prove it wrong. But if I start from a place of what do I believe? What does the Bible say? And where are they different? That's these differences is where I'll find the contradictions. Because ultimately, another easy way to see how contradictions are manifest in our lives is every time you get in an argument. Every time you argue with somebody over anything, mm. what the two people are doing is trying to expose the contradiction in that other person's beliefs.
0: Mm.
1: That's it. I mean, we talked about the 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 man and the woman. I don't know if we said man and woman, but the yeah husband and wife where it's garbage day. Yeah. It's Tuesday, it's garbage day here in in my little old town of Kimberly. If my spouse has the expectation on me that I'm going to bring the garbage out and I've said I'm going to bring the garbage out and it's Tuesday and I haven't done it, she could start arguing to me. She's trying to expose this contradiction. What's the contradiction? You said you'd take the garbage out. It's Tuesday, the garbage isn't out. That doesn't make sense.
0: Right. And I could
1: even argue, well, I was busy with the meeting and I was busy preparing to record my podcast and and all this. What am I trying to do? Resolve the contradiction. Nice. So that's really the every argument we have with anybody is really about a contradiction.
0: Man. I love the way that you answered that because my ability to find and expose contradictions ought to start with myself. If I want to get better, if I want to get better at this, I need to know what I believe. So I need to get better at being able to explain and know what it is that I believe. And then I need to be able to argue against. Oh, yeah, it is that I believe. Yeah, I need to have an so how I would get good at this, how I would get good at helping people resolve contradictions is if I was good at stating what it it is that I believe and arguing against it myself. Yeah. And I'm the one having the argument with me. Yep. And I'm doing all of this training on my beliefs myself. And that is just, that is so powerful.
1: And you know what it is? It's also an example of you dealing with the log in your own eye before you try to help somebody else with the speck in theirs.
0: My goodness.
1: You're actually qualifying yourself to be able to help someone else.
0: My goodness.
1: Because you're not just trying to identify contradictions in other people's lives. You're first trying to find them in your own. So yeah, this, and, and that's really where what we're doing with the 1 John 4 8, 1 John 4 16 both say God is love.
0: Yeah.
1: We're taking those statements, which we know to be factual, and we're seeing how does it fit with everything else the Bible says about God? Because, wait a minute. It says God is love, but then in Jeremiah it says, God told Jeremiah, I'm done answering prayers. You know, it says God is love, but then at the end of Revelation, it says God's throwing everybody in the lake of fire.
0: He says it's, he's angry. Not everybody,
1: the people who deserve to be there.
0: Yeah. And he's, he's angry, right? There's times where, where God's angry.
1: Right. Yes. And there you go. Remember we anger comes from an unmet expectation, right? Yeah. So it means God wasn't loving in that circumstance. Those are conflicts. Yeah. If I don't resolve them according to what God means by the, the words he uses, they'll, if I don't do that, they will in my brain be handled like a contradiction.
0: Right.
1: And when I have contradictions in my thought process, it results in depression. Oh, man. And we'll, like we said in previous episodes, we'll, we'll unpack that more and more as we go on. But that's, that's why contradictions in reality, in our external reality, don't exist. When I have a contradiction in my thought process, it results in my brain depressing me, trying to get my attention, trying to alarm me. Hey, you have a flawed belief, Joel. That's how big this stuff can get, especially when we're talking words like God, words like love words that are foundational to everybody's worldview, it's a huge deal.
0: It is. Wow. so you know that strict perspective, the limitation perspective is God God is love because it says so
1: Because the Bible in, says so yeah
0: right in first John 4. yep that's it. It says it. that's what it is. But when someone says, when someone comes at it from the limitation perspective, again, they're not addressing why it says what it says, right? Like one of my favorite lines is, you know, that you say in the, in the podcast is it's a, it's about the why yep. it's, it's all about the why. And so the way to address that is to, that you were sharing was to ask people, well, if God is love, what is your definition for love? Yep. Why is and and you are you're going to the why you're just you're you're going past the fact or the what it, I know that it says this factually in English. Yes, there is no doubt that it says that. But why? What does it mean? Yes. And now we're back to a definition. And 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 then yeah, it's it's amazing you expose the contradiction. And then, oh, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about Pastor Dictator's call.
1: Yeah, that was uh, somber. <laughs> he seemed he, he didn't seem like he was having as much fun as is normal. Um, he admitted being angry. He said we were becoming his enemies, not yeah. quite his enemy yet, then, but but on the path there. Yeah. And it's funny. A, a lot of if and what's what's cool is is I'll just say this without trying to without trying to put this on Pastor Tater. But when we have non contradictory definitions of key words, mm-hmm. we start understanding other concepts in a way we never did before. Because I understand love according to God's definition. When someone talks about being angry, I have a greater understanding of what that means. When someone talks about me being an enemy, I have a greater understanding of what that means. So whether he's aware of it or not, or let me say it this way, any person who would say they're angry or you're my enemy, whether they're aware of it or not, is actually revealing to a person who has an understanding of love that some really deep things going on within that person's thought process. Mm. If someone says those things to me, I'm immediately thinking, Whoa, this is a lot ser- a lot deeper than just what is being said. What about you? What was your, what were your thoughts with pastor Tater's
0: call? Um, yeah. I, I feel like it, it, it took a turn. I don't know what his calls are going to be like in the future but it was it was a totally different tone yeah it was then then what we've heard from him and i know that you know i know that voice tone and all of that isn't isn't objective uh however i am vibing from him that he is very upset so i think it's important you know like as we go forward with 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 pastor Dick and, and his comments that again, it's just, we know that he's, he's an older guy. He's older than us. So I want to make sure that we are, are consistent and approaching him respectfully going forward, no matter how upset he is at us. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Let's try to come alongside him. Right.
0: Yeah. So Um, I, I, and I do, I, I, so I'm, I'm glad that he's calling. I I appreciate it. And it, it, it is, it's like pastor Dick is constantly showing us one side of the spectrum. Yeah. one, one, One side of the argument. So it's a great opportunity for us to handle some, someone coming from that side. Well, yep. So the, the strict side is God is love, and they can't define it. The loose side is God is love. The loose side is God is love and we, so I'm, I'm asking a question here is God is love and it can't be defined?
1: Or well, I would say, maybe maybe it's this way. The, the strict side is God is love and it can't be defined. And the loose side is God is love and it shouldn't be defined because that would put God in a box.
0: Oh.
1: So that's the whole point of the loose side is is not so much God can't be defined, but it's this concept of even attempting to would limit God and put him in a box.
0: Mm. Okay. So... The strict side is just purely—it's uh, the "because I said so" response. <laughs> because the Bible says so. Yep, yep. And that's where it leads to uh, contradictions, like we ad- we addressed. And then the God is love; He can't be defined. Don't put Him in a box. Or God is love means he is this big, wide open feeling.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Leads to universalism. Yep. So that's
1: something being taught in the churches and churches in America today. There are uh, a big multitude of them teaching this now.
0: So. I, th- I think that's why this is so important that we talk about this and address this because this is, this is the church. Right. People are getting just pumped with contradictions when they go into a service and they leave in a worse spot. And so what it does is it causes us to take a look at the church and see people's, the confidence in who they are, which is if God is the rock, then first thing that we build upon with anything goes back to him right including ourselves and who we are yep would go back to eventually asking all of these questions the pattern would be well we got to start with God because he was before us yes so we got to build forward from that so that really lends itself to our our self-esteem who we are is very hinged upon who we believe God is.
1: Yeah. And, and um, I think we've talked about this in other episodes, but I'll hammer it again. And I think it's something that we can continue to flush out here in the near future, but mental health starts with definitions. Yeah. And, and that's why we keep harping on definitions. And that's why we keep harping on the importance of non-contradictory definitions especially as it relates to these foundational topics because the way and the way I think the health of the way I think is all hinged on what I mean by the words I use by what I mean by the words that are floating through my brain. Even when I'm not talking by how I make sense of the world around me is all based on definitions to the words in my brain. And like you said, the more, the more foundational those words the more important it is to get right and the more messed up my thought process can get if i get it wrong
0: oh and then if i am wrong and i get confronted in that now we're talking about other episodes where it is brutal yeah to yep. the 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 longer i live the more my deeply held beliefs are deeply held
1: is there anything more painful Than being shown you're wrong in a deeply held belief, I don't think so.
0: Not at all. I don't think so either.
1: And based on the behavior of people when that happens, I would say no.
0: Right. That's. I mean, mean. right. Exactly. And that's essentially why Jesus was killed. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's.
1: Yeah. That's great.
0: So for any of us who are who are Bible believers or hold that up as as the truth, it's like, hey, those were those are people who are murdering jesus because he was exposing deeply held beliefs yeah okay so i want to go through the the categories that you mentioned in what the flock according to people's the confidence in who they are and their response to that perspective
1: great low self-esteem people who want their context to serve them right yep people who want to feel good like it's other people's job to make them feel good well, these are going to be people. We saw this in the humility episode. One of the manifestations of of the a person with a low self esteem is that they, they don't want to hear another perspective already than what they believe. And the way that manifests itself when we're talking about how to define God and whether or not God is love and how to define love, it just results in a person being in pride and. And that's why it's so difficult to confront people like this, because if I do, and if they're in pride, the result could be their behavior could be really destructive. But ultimately, these people have a flawed, flawed understanding of who God is. They may even be worshiping the wrong God and they don't want to hear anything else. Mm -hmm. They just want to feel good. Mm -hmm. Doing what they can to feel good about who they are. And the source of feeling good is external. Mid self esteem, they're they're kind of starting to get towards the right side of this, right? Usually in these people's lives, the destruction is limited. And these are people who like it does take a certain amount of self esteem to walk away from from an abusive situation.
0: It does. You're right.
1: You know the the culture of these this victim mentality. Mm. Um, And I'm not not trying to preach about whether or not you should have that victim mentality. I think there are people who do have a victim mentality. And unfortunately, what we see is people who are in situations like that, in abusive relationships, let's say, Mm -hmm. they are low or no self-esteem to the point where they feel like they deserve it for one reason or another. They don't feel good enough about themselves to get out of that situation. They've either said or been told things about themselves that cause them to feel like they deserve the abuse they're experiencing. So a person with mid-self-esteem has to have more self-esteem than that in order to know, you know what? I might not feel great about who I am, but I feel good enough to know I don't deserve abuse. Yeah. And that's basically where this person is, as it relates to God is love and being taught poor views and and flawed doctrine about who God is. This person knows this is affecting me poorly. This isn't right. I don't know what is, but I'm going to walk out because it it's going to just keep hurting me if I don't. And then the piece, people with high self esteem, they under they understand who God is. They understand what God is love means because they've they're secure enough in themselves to know even if I'm wrong about what I understand about God it's only going to help me feel even better about who I am to be exposed in these areas where I may have a contradiction but these people would know like the the point with high self-esteem people really gets down to this contra- it's how they handle a contradiction right these people not only, handle a contradiction well when it's shown to them but they're people like what you were saying earlier they are seeking them out in themselves first cool so that would be the these low mid and high self-esteem perspectives i would see
0: that's awesome and then i i want to talk about the the ultimate answer and what we said is as to god's nature it is loving and how that is how that is the the answer, the ultimate answer. And we kind of, you and I went on this journey of, let's see how many different ways we can right. describe what that means in, in regular are, speak.
1: That was good. Um, I think what what's great is that the ultimate answer brings us back to, or brings me back to earth where it's like, okay, the topic we're discussing isn't God's nature. We're talking about God is love. Right. And and effect fact is, will we'll, over the next few episodes be unpacking God's nature? But we're discussing this damage that's happened in the church. And the ultimate answer about the topic of this episode, God is love, is as to God's nature, it is loving. God's nature guides his love.
0: I love that. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Joel. And thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We will see you next time.